following podcast will contain spoilers. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Welcome to Please Don't Make Me Watch. On this week's episode, we have Unexpected Kardashians, Border Bodies, Electric Car, Bitch, and Evil Data Lords. How have you been this week, Sam? I mean, I have a cold right now, so I'm doing great. I yeah. have a lens we're, we're, we're doing well. We're doing well. Soldiering through. Yeah. We're about to go Christmas shopping, so. Very exciting. Christmas is actually cold. It's my favourite season. I love autumn. You count this as autumn? Mm. There are still leaves on the trees. It's autumn. Yeah, fab. It's lovely at the moment, it's actually. So nice. The light in the mornings is beautiful, yeah. and it's like sunny but cold. It's 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 everything you'd want in a in a thing. In a thing. Yeah. Yes, I agree. What have you, have you been up to? You've been up to fun things. Um, I went to see Dear Evan Hansen this week, Yay. which is the like new Hamilton, not as big, but like, um, yeah, a musical that like just did everything in America, and everyone went mental for it, and now is here. It's very, very exciting. exciting. I made my friend cry like, well she cries a lot, but like, cry <laughs> like I have seen before. But it made me almost cry and the songs are awesome. And I didn't mm. listen to the songs before I go because I never do that. Mm. So it was like exciting to yeah. actually see it all. And now I know loads of the songs off by heart because I only went on Thursday and today is Sunday. And mm. I've listened to them a lot. Yeah, I mean I, I do the opposite of these because I genuinely will listen to them beforehand. And that kind of keys me into whether I want to see them. But then sometimes I think that you actually have to see them to get the experience of them. Like when I went to see Kinky Boots, I listened to it and thought, this is fine, I don't particularly want to see it. And then went to see it and thought, actually, seeing all the routines and seeing everything come on stage does make a massive difference. I still didn't really like it. As in, I liked Kinky Boots, but... It's not my favourite. I mean, I... I, I don't I, understand the raving about it. Like... No, I do enjoy... I mean, I don't get how at the Tonys it beat Matilda. That is mental. That's insane. Actually. But it for me, I prefer the film. I think. Yeah, I like the film because it's got Chiwetel for in it, who yeah is wonderful. I like all the actors that are in Kinky Boots, and but the songs just really let it down for me. Like, with not... the exception, I think of Land of Lola and Sex is in the Heel. Oh, I, yeah, the Sex is in the Heel. Yeah, I don't remember Land of Lola actually. It's the well, one that Lola sings in the opening. The um, expectations at the door. Oh yeah. I quite like Not My Father's Son as well, because it's like, oh, it's like that 10 o'clock number. Yeah, but I like it. Yeah. I like all the sappy songs and musicals. Oh, Everybody Say Yeah just really annoyed me. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading the story of why she wrote it, Cindy Lauper, and she was like, they were like, write a, write a song, Cindy, that just like goes in the middle, and it's like, everybody is like saying yeah. And she just thought that was so funny, because she wrote a song called Everybody Say Yeah, and it's just not that good. I mean... Cindy Lauper wrote Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I love so. her. I'm not like criticising her yeah. as a person. I just really disliked that story and no. that song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, well. it's, it's not my favourite musical. I'm going to see Waitress in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see that. I think that's really good, but I think Dear Evan Hansen and like, Hamilton are on a slightly different level. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Just on, like, I don't know. But also I really like the film of Waitress as well. I've never seen the film of Waitress. Oh, that's going on the list. Okay, awesome. Because um, it's a fun film. Yeah. I recommend. What cultural things have you done? Um, I've just finished watching Living With Yourself. I haven't finished it yet. I've watched like four episodes. Yeah, which is the Netflix series with Paul Rudd playing Paul Rudd. his clone and Ashley B as well, who I think Ashley B has had a great year from oh this and also This Way Up. I love is, This Way Up. This Way Up is one of the best TV shows of the year. I think if you're missing Fleabag, This Way Up is a nice kind of being like, this isn't exactly like Fleabag, but it will fill the Fleabag shaped hole in your life. Yeah, she's actually kind of more relatable than Fleabag, yeah, definitely. I would say. But I think, I think the whole point of Fleabag is that Fleabag isn't relatable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because let's face it, none of us have fucked a priest. Wow. No, I don't know. But I think I think that with this way up, there is a lot of pathos, and also it's it's got Sharon Horgan in it, who is great. Also, buffering catastrophe. Yeah, a lot a lot of Britcom this week, just because I've been sort of feeling that mood, even though obviously living with us up is set in the states. But it's it's you think kind of couples on screen I never think Ashling B and Paul Rudd would never put those two together but no. they work really well they have a really interesting chemistry yeah I agree and it's a lot of fun and sometimes you just need something that's a bit fun especially when you're ill yeah and you're kind of like right I'm gonna watch some I found it a little bit stressful actually yeah it is stressy but I think it's also... not totally like ha 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 fun and games mm. like there's something dark about it that's why I kind of like it Mm. Also, I want to shout out in Living With Yourself to the music because it's by a composer called Anna Meredith, who is amazing. She recently released a new album called Fibs, which is wonderful. Okay. It's like this kind of 
electronica mashed with classical, mashed with like electro pop, mashed with synth pop. It's uh, it's incredible. It defies genre. It's wonderful. Oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, can recommend. But I think let's get on with the show. Yeah, let's do it. Woo! So first up this week is my television program. Exciting. Exciting. Um, this week I asked you to watch The People versus O.J. Simpson. So, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, colon, American Crime Story, Ooh. is a first season of an FX true crime anthology television series, American Crime Story. Okay. Um, this one first debuted in February 2016, and obviously it's about the O.J. Simpson murder case. Yeah. Look it up if you don't know what it is. And it's based on a book by Jeffrey Toobin from 1997. It stars loads of people. I can't really bother to read them all out, but, but like a lot most, of famous people. Most importantly, people. Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson. Mm -hmm. And also David Swimmer as Robert Kardashian, and I know that's like the, not the most important role, but it's awesome. Mm. And John Travolta's in it, and Sarah Paulson, and Nathan Lane, and Sterling K. Brown. So I am going to mention all of yes. this. It's kind of in a similar vein to something like American Horror Story, is that it's in this, mm. it's like telling the same kind of story but with different aspects. Obviously, they're less interlinked than American Horror Story. Um, I haven't seen very much American Horror Story. I've seen a couple of bits of the first series, and then the series with the witches. I've seen none because I don't like horror. Mm, I'm, I'm not going to make you watch it. It's, yeah. it's not what I have very fond feelings about, um, or any feelings particularly. But this is interesting, I think. Yeah. Because I think the first ten minutes of this opening episode are brilliant. So it's basically, it's the kind of build-up to them finding the body of O.J. Simpson's ex-wife, and um, the other guy whose name I have forgotten. Ron Goldman. Ron so Goldman. So it's Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, yeah. who were found stabbed to death outside her condo yes. in LA in 1994. And it's a really tense sequence with the police coming and you see OJ Simpson leaving his house um, in the middle of the night being picked up by a taxi to fly to Chicago. And I thought, oh wow, this is this is actually quite tense and quite kind of chilly. And then the rest of it was there. I think it's a real shame that this has a really, really great opening and then just kind of craters in this episode one. What do you mean craters? It's just really slow. It's really slow paced. Mm, it's like uh, incredibly slow paced. And it's it's not slow paced in a way because slow paced isn't necessarily a criticism. Because when we talked about Roma last week, Roma oh, is very slow paced. How can you critique this for being slow paced and then be like, Roma is amazing? But the thing is, is with Roma, is that Roma I was much more invested because it was kind of consistently quite a meditative pace. This goes in a very quickly paced opening to then suddenly the storyline just kind of grinds to a halt. But also, he tries to commit suicide. He does, but that should have been the high point of the episode, and it isn't the end of the episode, which to me doesn't... I think that's the issue with the pacing issues I'm talking about, is that when O.J. Simpson tries to kill himself, that should have been the end of the episode. Like, the, that should have been the point, is when Rob Kardashian comes into the room and sees O.J. Simpson with the gun. End episode one there. Because you've built tension and you think, oh god, what's going to happen? No, but I think they didn't do that because then the next episode he doesn't kill himself, so it would have just been. An, mm. I think if I was an audience member watching it in real time, mm. the next week I would have been pissed off because I would have been like, or not even the next week because I think it came out on Netflix actually. Yeah. But like the next episode, I would have been like, so why are you making me think he commits suicide mm. if he just doesn't? Yeah. Like, I was quite pleased that they just were like, okay, and this is what almost happened, but then mm. it didn't, and like. Yeah. We move on to what is the high point, which is the fact that he flees. Yeah. Which is so damning. This is the thing, is it, it opens with footage of the Rodney Kane murder, which is a very, very famous kind of um, police brutality killing of a young black man in LA that sparked a ton of riots and kind of setting the stage for the racial politics of the time mm. set in. And it kind of then goes in towards, oh, maybe he's being persecuted because he's a black man a little bit. Mm. But for me, the overwhelming edit of this was like, O.J. Simpson is really guilty. He got off away with murder. But that is... I, I mean, that's... I mean, that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. But I felt like it was so overt. And then, but then opening with that made me think, uh, this is sort of... If you were going with the angle that he is guilty and got away with it, then why have that at the opening? It, that's why I think it's interesting. Mm. That's why I really like this series. Yeah. Because it is saying, like... He was later found responsible in a civil trial for their deaths, apparently. Exactly, yeah. um, it's saying that he is guilty. Mm. It's not shying away from the fact that he's guilty, which I think is actually in its, is good yeah. in that it's like, it's not trying to make you be like, ooh, mm -hmm. maybe he didn't do it. Like, yeah. you know, they're not trying to get your views in that way. But they're also examining race relations in quite an interesting way mm. because it's like, well, if he is guilty, like, if we assume that he is guilty, 
Why is he guilty? Yeah. Why does everyone assume he's guilty? What is it about this system that maybe mm. either forces him into this or like makes him do this? Yeah. Or what is it about the system that makes us all think that he's guilty mm. immediately rather than like considering the evidence? And I thought mm. that was what was interesting. Um, especially with, with um, Johnny Cochran, who's a defense attorney, yes. who's Amer- African-American. And then he criticizes Sterling K. Brown's character, who is called Christopher Darden, mm. who's going to prosecute for not standing up for his race. Yeah. I find it interesting because you think about at the time, mm, exactly. if this had happened, then you would have, like, given he's such a hero, which they explore more later in the series, mm. for black people, African-American people specifically, like, imagine... Mm. You'd think the system were trying to set him up, but given think, everything you know I about the system. I think this is the issue with this first episode, is this first episode feels really jumbled. And judging, I think, obviously watching it from Netflix, you then have the, oh, you can watch the next one. But because the first episode is a bit of a mess, I didn't want to watch the next one. Also, I want to point out, this might be a minor thing, but the wigs in this show are all terrible. Dave I thought they make a point about that. Looks like he has a skunk on his head. It is a terrible... Sarah Paulson looks like you're like... They make a point of that. Okay. That's a point. As in, she did have shit hair. Okay. And then later on, she gets a haircut, and it's like a big deal in the show. Okay, I'm just saying, the wigs are bad. The wigs... But the thing is... is, But don't you think that hair was just bad then? Well, no, because the thing is, I'm not saying the hairstyling is bad. I'm saying the wigs themselves are bad. What do you mean by that? Like... You can see the wig lines on quite a lot of them. It's it's not blended oh, properly. It's like on Drag Race where you get a close-up of the Queen and you can see the lace. I Yeah, but look. They look so similar. They do, they do look really similar, but I just think the wigs are all bad. I don't know if I... Like, agree. you can see the wig line on David Schwimmer really clearly, I think. I'm, I just... I, that, for me, was a bit that kind of pulled me oh. out of it. Also, another thing that I didn't like about this first episode is, obviously, Rob Kardashian is a major person in this story. Yeah. Kim, Courtney, and Chloe Kardashian are not. They are referenced at least five times in this first episode. Because it's funny. But I, I, it felt so unnecessary. And I was like, they don't need to be here. They don't need to be referenced. Like, Kris Jenner being at Nicole Brown Simpson's funeral makes sense. Because obviously they were friends. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The children being referenced multiple times, even in a scene that they're not in. Yeah, but what people do that about their kids? Know, That's it, so it felt, unusual. It, felt, it took me out of it a little bit, and I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, I want to talk briefly about Sarah Paulson because I think she is the standout person. In this. Yeah, she's amazing. I think she's in wonderful. In this. Interestingly, I watched Serenity last night, which is the film. Never seen it. Of uh, it's based on Firefly. Um, it's kind of how it's. I think it's how Firefly would have ended if it had run full course. Okay. Um, and Sarah Paulson's in that as well. And she's also very good in that. I think the word I described this is flabby. It felt... It could have it's lost, a slow series. It I could have agree. lost five minutes. And I think that is the issue with a series where you know the outcome. Because it's not like they've picked an obscure trial. Equally with the second series, which is The Assassination of Giovanni Versace. That's awesome. Everyone says... I, I think everyone generally agrees that that's the better one of the two of them. Yeah, but this one came first. Mm. So... Yeah. And I think... But I think, again, that's the problem is that that is a less well-known trial. But also you are giving away the main crime in the title. Yeah, but that's why this is interesting, though. The People versus O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Made, I just love the way it made me think about race, but I did also watch it in conjunction with a Netflix documentary about O.J. Simpson, yeah. which came out at the same time. That's O.J. Simpson made in America, isn't it? Yeah, mm. which is like a three-part series, which is also long. Yeah. But watching all of those over, like, maybe a three-week period, mm. I just got really into it and was like... I just had never thought... Because when I grew up, I remember being like... I remember hearing about O.J. Simpson not really knowing what had gone on, but, like, knowing that he was guilty and got away with something. Yeah. But I never thought about it from a racial point of view, because, like, when mm. you're, like, at primary school, why would you? Yeah. Um, this made me think about it much more from, like, what he represented to people mm. and why people would have wanted him to go off and, like... Yeah. And I, think, I think that's probably what you get from later in the series, but my issue is, obviously, having only seen episode one, I just... I wasn't inspired to watch the rest. And it's, like, it's well made, except the waste. And it's... It's like the first 10 minutes have so much promise that then it just doesn't go anywhere. And it really infuriated me because I recognise this is well done. It's well acted. The script's quite good. Um, I think I think the main issue is the pacing and the, and the staging. I think it, it could have lost five minutes easily and it would have still had the same impact. Yeah. I think, I think, and that for me was, I was kind of like, 
Oh god, this is still going. Or make, really eke the tension out of the opening. I wouldn't have minded if five minutes of the latter two-thirds had gone into five minutes of more of the opening. Because yeah. that, I wanted more of the because the opening is done so well. Like, it's, like, you don't, you just see kind of, like, blood splatters, blood splatters, and then you finally see the kind of the bodies and everything. And there's sort of signs, like, the fact that there's a bath that's been run that hasn't been trained. You see, like, um, O.J. Simpson's kids being, like, so confused because obviously they don't know what's going on. And it, and it just, uh, it really annoyed me that it just didn't, it didn't stick up to what the opening promised, but also what, what you're saying, I'm guessing it gets better. I don't know, I just, I don't know if it gets better. I just remember finding it really mm. interesting. Like, I'm interested to watch the documentary because I think I'd rather watch a documentary about this sort of thing. Mm. Possibly. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. I found the trial really interesting because I had no idea really what happened in the trial. Apart from the famous, if the glove don't fail. Yeah, but like quit. why that was brought out, like what was going on here. It's my, I love that kind of thing. I mm. like seeing how court cases work. Yeah. You know, all that kind of drama. That I think we both maybe watched quite a lot of. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think you do. And I think that was the thing is that it was set up as... I wish they'd actually just kind of sped episode one up a bit more. Because you need to get to the... I think the point where he flees is the natural kind of main event of episode two. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. Which... And, but I just think like, oh, come on. The whole of the um, second episode is him flying running okay it's just him there's a statewide manhunt like which is mental because he's like this famous person and then everyone's like yeah. we need to find him yeah and he's like just driving at speed down a motorway and it's like will they catch him in time and yeah. oh my god it's so good okay i may watch the rest of this i probably won't hmm. i've got to finish mind hunter and to be honest i can only take so much of <laughs> that kind of show at one time yeah, I would. I think it's worth it in that, mm -hmm. like, it's about, like, people believing that the case will be really easy to win against him. And then yeah. there's, like, the time... It says here, I forgot about this, that a Time magazine um, issue is released with Simpson on the cover, but they darkened his skin. So it's, like... Oh, wow. As of, like, racism among the media. It's about how they, like, coordinate OJ Simpson's team mm. and, like, how they're going to get him off and, like, the idea that, like... They the and how they fight against it is saying that he it, the LAPD is systematically racist, mm. so race becomes much more of a big deal. Even though it's like hinted at the first episode, maybe it's like. I think I think I think that's what we're getting at is that the first episode, by the sounds of it, doesn't seem to really fit with the rest of the show. Well, I think it does. I think it's just like a classic first episode where it has to set up quite a lot. Mm. But it didn't make that's the thing is it didn't make me want to watch the rest of it. Okay. Which I think is an issue with the first episode. Okay. Oh, one other episode that. Oh. Is genuinely really good at this, and this like made me think about stuff from a different mm -hmm. idea. It's episode eight of ten, and I just think this is such a like cool move. The whole thing has been like O.J. Simpson, how they get the teams together, the, the yeah. court case stuff, and then it's called a jury in jail. It's just about the jury who are like locked into this trial, locked in a hotel basically all the time because oh, wow. they can't be like. They can't see any media to affect them. Mm. And so, so a lot of this is about, like, it's about race, but it's also about media. Okay. Um, and how, like, celebrity trials work. And, yeah. You know. And the whole episode is about the members of jury going, like, stir-crazy and having cabin fever because they're sequestered. And some of them have to be excused because they're, like, lying on the questionnaire and ha they have connections with O.J. Simpson in, like, really weird ways. So then they have to, like, find alternates that would vote favourably for them. Like, both teams are trying to find the right jury. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, I just thought that was such a clever idea. I never really thought about the theory of a case. I like how they like, I like anything that suddenly switches viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think we need to move on okay. to my TV. Mm. And I thought, seeing as you have got me onto quite a few police dramas, I would give you one of, I think, the ones that I've talked about the most to people, people <laughs> that know me. And I asked you to watch The Bridge. <laughs> The Bridge is a Scandinavian noir crime television series uh, created by Hans Rosenfeld. It stars uh, Sophia Helen and Kim Bodina as two detectives after a body is found on the bridge between Malmö in Sweden and Copenhagen in Denmark, directly on the border. Um, it is obviously in Danish and Swedish, the show. Um, I personally can't tell when they're speaking one and when they're speaking the other, apart from when they say the word yes, because that's the only one that I can tell the difference between. Yeah. Danish is ja. And Swedish is awe. Oh yeah. Fun fact. Uh, um, and then the series progresses as more of the crime is revealed and it sort of gives you an insight into these characters. I think this is really interesting is that 
it has, I think, one of the kind of most interesting detective performances ever, which is Sophia Helen as Savannah Wren. And I think she's fantastic in this. And I'm interested to see what you think, comparing it to something possibly like Line of Duty or kind of other things that you've seen. I think it's quite a different kettle of fish mm. from most things I've seen, in a good way. Yeah, because you haven't seen Broadchurch, have you? No, I want to see Broadchurch. I know it's like most... influenced, or is Broadchurch influenced by it? Or I think the bridge is slightly older than Broadchurch, but there were. What was the first thing? The killing. The killing, yeah. I feel like it was like the killing, then Broadchurch, then the bridge, or something like that. I, I think don't know. Killing bridge, Broadchurch. Oh, fine. Okay. But, uh, it's like. It's a disgusting crime. Oh, yeah. In, like, the realm of Dexter or Luther. Mm. But I really enjoyed it because they didn't make it... Like, it wasn't focused on the crime so much. In yeah. that, it wasn't like... Oh, if Idris Elba had been in this, like, swanning around in his bloody coat, he'd be like, oh, my God, I must arrest them immediately. And then he'd, like, march off mm. somewhere. And I like that this is, like... They're doing the admin. She's a bit rogue, but she's not that rogue. I thought little inconsistencies in her character kind of pissed me off. Mm. Like, the fact that she's not willing to let an ambulance go through her crime scene because it's against, like, regulations or whatever. But then she is willing to call someone up, spoilers, when he's in, like, a car with a bomb. Yeah. I was like, well, do you care about the rules or do you not care about the rules? Mm. But I guess maybe she's just focused on, like, doing the case. Yeah. Maybe that's, like, the point. I think um, that's the thing is that, is that with her character, you always think the case comes first. And that, and that, I think, is why she's motivated in the way she's motivated. And the other thing that really pissed me off is that she was on the bridge with this, like, long blonde hair. Did she tie her hair up? No. Would she have tied her hair up in real life? Yes. Because she is a woman who, like, changes top all the time and doesn't give a shit about it. So she clearly cares about comfort over, like, mm. what's going on around her or whatever. I just thought it was really unrealistic. I know it's really small, but, like, yeah. as a woman, I was like, tie the fucking hair up. Like, you're at crime scene, mm. saga. No. Apart from that, I thought it was really good. It is, yeah. I mean, I had never thought of the hair detail yeah, classic. at all. It was literally whipping around her face. She can't even speak without getting mm. hair in her mouth. But it means that they get lots, lots of long, moody shots of her standing on a bridge. I know, it looks pretty, but... Um, there are lots of, like, side things in this. Yeah. Which I'm still confused about how they relate to they the main... They all relate. I'm, obviously. No, I would and, be and so pissed off if they and didn't. Unlike stuff. with... So I've recently finished The Capture. Unlike with The Capture, where they all relate in a really unsatisfying way, yeah. they all relate in a really kind of interesting and intricate and very satisfying way in that you think, yes, this was worth spending ten minutes on this side, side bit and this was worth spending ten minutes okay, on this good. side bit. Yeah. I was, yeah, some of those, I was, like, interested, but I was also, like, get to the case. Mm. Um, but fine. It slightly annoys me when they look at side plots, because you know, because yeah. you obviously know that they're related. So all you're doing is trying to work out how they're related, mm. and it, it takes away from the surprise of, like, oh, my God. Yeah. That woman that we saw at the beginning who was trying to get through with the ambulance is related to this, but now yeah. I know that she must be. But I, I still, like, I still really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, that journalist at the end is such a twat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to slap him. I want yeah. to slap his little smile off his face. Yeah. I hate him so much. It's, 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 it's the thing with this. I feel like it's interesting watching this kind of drama as a British audience because we do have shows like this, but I feel like they're either more violent in the vein of something like Lucifer. Yeah, I like the lack of violence, Or they're actually. more, like, psychologically in the in the vein of sort of some other stuff like Line of Duty is more kind of talky and sort of intel ooh yeah do you know what if this like genuinely if this wasn't in a different language I really and didn't have such good like performances mm. it reminds me of New Tricks or yes, like Death in Paradise quite, quite, you know like yeah. oh no a thing but actually the mood is quite like upbeat most of the time and it's like was it a bomb not really mm. but this is the thing is I think like but puts this above something like Death in Paradise is the script is excellent even though it's in another language I think the script is very good it annoys me sometimes when the subtitles don't take in like I know that two people are speaking but I only get one person yeah. I know that's like and, and then and then the performances I think especially mm. from Sophia Helen and Kim Bedina mm. who are the main two yeah they're both amazing and I think it's just amazing they're I mean amazing. also it's quite nice seeing Kim Bedina not in Killing Eve yes that's where I know him yes. from I was so confused I was like he, he is he plays so Constantine sim- in Killing Eve yeah, and I was like, why don't I trust him? And that is why. Yeah, it's because he's constantly... Because I like his character in this, and I kept being like, I don't trust you, and I don't know why. That's, that's why. Um, I liked that he'd had a vasectomy. I thought that was a really interesting yeah. way of starting the character. Because it's like, he's like, oh, I've got five kids by three different women. So you're like, I don't really like you. Yeah. I, that's my prejudice. But also, 
he's gone off a vasectomy. And I kind of like that, that like, at least he's thinking about it. And like details throughout the whole thing that kind of come out about these characters that I just really like. And I loved the fact that he went home and like they had that scene with him and his wife where he just stroked the back of her head and they had a talk while well, she's basically asleep. Yeah. I just thought that was a really nice showing of a relationship that wasn't classic detective like oh no everybody hates me or, yeah exactly like, me and my wife fall out with the time or it's like we are in an argument because i have to work all the time uh. i really like and i'm suspicious because maybe he's the murderer but who knows the journalist who the dick journalist is talking to and he's like ah uh, yeah orangutans in borneo or whatever he says and it, that cracked me up yeah it, and i also feel like the the competing teams so you have uh the swedish team or the Danish team. Yeah. They're all, they're very different, but they're also still very interesting. We haven't seen much of the Danish team. No, you do see more of the Danish team. Okay, because all I've seen is the Danish man, not the Danish no, team. No, you do see uh, the Danish kind of head. Oh, do you? And she's... Swedish guy famous. is like, he's really good, but I don't really understand how he's in charge. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah, look yeah, like... Yeah. If you were going to cast man who is in charge of a police department yeah. he looks very against height which I, I quite like that I, they went there and that's the thing is I think this show does surprise you in obviously like the mystery is interesting but just the way that it plots things out like I think the, the Danish head of police she's a, such a fascinating character oh she okay and then also um, the relationship between um, Saga and um, Martin is really interesting the relationship I want Martin to do a bit more mm, he does do a bit more don't I because Saga at the moment is like I like her, but mm. she's dominating everything yeah. because she's a dominant person. Because in in the early in the earlier episodes of the bridge, it does kind of go, okay, this is a Swedish heavy episode, this is a Danish heavy episode. Whereas later, it does become a bit more fifty fifty. I thought it was funny when um, the bomb didn't go off. Yeah. And I also thought it was funny when the dick journalist was stuck inside, and then all of the people were just like, bye. Especially because they were a bomb disposal team and they must have done this like a couple of times yeah. before. And they left. And one of them just shrugged at him like, what mm. are we going to do? And I thought, they might listen to die. Like, that's yeah. such a cruel thing. To I thought that was a bit rogue. It's, it's, this, this series has so many kind of twists and turns and choices in it that I think. Choices. Choices. And we will get to choices. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but I just, I really like how this series portrays the two detectives is that obviously they're both of an equal rank in a way. But that Saga doesn't really care what Martin is. She's like, no, do it this way. Saga gives no fucks. Saga gives no fucks. And it's kind of why she's just so interesting. Because as you find out more about her, you find out more about why she's the way that she she'll is. She'll test it. I don't want to give anything away because it's kind of a major plot spoiler. Okay. If it's about her backstory, and I'll be so angry if it's like she was mistreated as a child. <sighs> Not quite. Oh, fuck. Sake. But no, no, it's, it's kind of that she has sort of, she's meant, I think it's mentioned in episode three or something that she has like, she's meant to have like Asperger's or something. No, but okay. it's 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 not. She was like abused as a child in a way that you normally see. Okay, it's it's because I am a little bit sick of like, oh, they're a bit of a dick of a person, or like they're a bit weird because they're all this shit going on. I just would like someone to be like, yeah, they have like, they have a difference in their brain, and that mm. is how they react to stuff, and then like, we all just deal with that rather than it always being to blame on some like trauma. No, it's no. it's. It's a, it's a different way of doing it that I okay. haven't seen before the bridge, which okay. I think is an interesting one, which we will talk about off this podcast because I will, are you going to watch the rest of it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But don't give it away. I won't give it away. I thought the actual killing was cool. Mm. I guess that they were part of two different bodies and one was Swedish and one was Danish from the very plot of the film. Yes. Equally, it was good. I'm glad the bomb came when it did because I was about to get bored, to be honest. Especially when he was like... <gasps> The body was exactly over the line of the bridge and it was like of course it's called the bridge we yeah. all know that like That's kind why of are you so dumb i'm a bit annoyed that there hasn't been i know they're not supposed to be genius detectives but i kind of want them to like be like i've worked this amazing thing out and i feel like there's been a lack of that thus mm. far and i know we're not far into it but i feel like they've made little progress mm. this is this is the thing is that the progress in this feels real it feels like they're kind of going, and then we find this bit of information, this information. Yeah, and when you, sometimes that's a little bit boring. When you like, get the Eureka moments, though, they, they, they really hit. Okay, and, okay, the rich woman in the hospital, I'll leave, because, like, that seems completely rogue to me at the time, and I feel like they're trying to make her husband die, but I can't work out why. Mm -hmm. um, other thing, the other side story about the woman with the abusive husband, the boy I was watching this with, and me, cannot work out if the 70s-looking man is evil or not. Okay. You don't need to tell me, but I suspect he's evil. And I question, if he's not evil, the fact that you would show a man taking a woman with children into a house and being like, you can stay here for as long as you like. I'll protect you from your evil husband. If he's good, 
That is not a good message to be sending out there. I'm sick of men taking control of women. Mm. If he's evil, I'm bored of that storyline as well. That kind of pissed me off. And I don't understand why he dresses like he's from the 70s. What relation is he to her? We thought he was our brother for one point. And then she was like, I don't even know you. And we were like, what? are you her pimp? Are you her drug dealer? Who are you? Mm. Is that deliberate that we shouldn't know who he is? Yes. Or did I miss something? Yes, it's deliberate you should know who he is. Okay. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Mm. I probably will watch the rest. But also... I guess because I have to pay attention for it with subtitles and sometimes I do feel a bit like nothing much is happening but I'm still having to pay attention yeah. and it annoys me. I think if I could understand what's going on I could watch this in the background and be like, oh, ooh, well, okay. Well, just learn Swedish and Danish. And oh good. yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh well. Okay, now we can move Cinema on. Cinema time. Cinema time. Okay, my film this week I chose because I watched it and it was really trashy and I don't think I liked it but I also kind of did love it. So it's called A Simple Favour. Simple Favour is a 2018 American comedy thriller, weird combo, um, directed by Paul Feig, who directed Bridesmaids from a screenplay by Jessica Scharzner based on the 2017 novel of the same name by Darcy Bell. So many writers. The film stars Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively and Henry Golding and lots of other people and follows a small town loser vlogger who tries to solve the disappearance of her mysterious and rich best friend in air quotes. Um, yeah, she's a widowed single mother. She runs like this vlog for like parents and then she meets Blake Lively and she basically falls in love with her and Blake Lively is this mysterious PR director who has a hot husband. Mm -hmm. And then something happens, which I think I can tell you, which is that she goes missing. So it's like Gone Girl, but not. Yes. What did you think? Uh, this film is a warren of pure but compelling bullshit. Yes, I it's, like that description. It's such a mess. And it's there are such a mess. There are so many, to quote Tatiana, choices. Choices. In this film. Like, Anna Kendrick's performance to start off with. I, I don't know what she's doing. Like, okay, so can I tell such you a mess. So I watched this with my boyfriend over the summer, and today I referenced it again to be like, we're doing this on the podcast. And he said, oh, I hate Anna Kendrick. Which I think is a mystifying thing to say yes. anyway. And then I said, no, 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 remember that film that we watched and you quite enjoyed it at summer. And he was like, oh, she was really good in that though. I actually really liked her. And I was like, okay, it's Anna Kendrick's, Anna Kendrick's films weirdest role. Not up in the air, not pitch perfect. <laughs> this. I love that though. This film starts like kind of like a sort of 70s French night kind of detective romp. And I'm like, what is, what is this? It's so tonally confused. This oh film. my God, so tonally confused. Like. It's so totally confused. And there is some like, nice little bits in this film. I think it's really nice that when she goes to pick her kid up from school, um, the teacher is a Muslim woman wearing a hijab. And I was Yay! like, that's such a nice touch. Representation. And then, and then also Andrew Rannells in this film is amazing. He plays one of the, he plays basically the gay dad yeah. in the film. and has In a very stereotypical way yes. that like, is amazing. Uh, and he has the electric car bitch line, which is a great line. But in the perfect... Perfect. perfect time as well like it's great it's the best moment of the film i would yeah. argue and it's right at the end so you don't have to watch the whole thing ha but then it's just it's such a mess it's meant to like be. i'm not sure if i meant to hate blake lively or want to be blake lively at the opening no but that's like gone girl no i think with gone girl you're meant to not like rosamund pike not the beginning no yeah in the beginning no yeah. disagree disagree strongly you're supposed to, so that the twist makes sense, so that you're shocked by the twist. Well, not shocked totally, but like a little bit shocked. Mm. You're supposed to think he's a bit of a dick and like she's his perfect wife and now she's gone missing, but he like feels off about her, right? Yeah. But I think you're not supposed to hate her. No, I don't think we're supposed to hate her, but I think we're meant to think something's up with her. Yeah, but that's the same with Blake Lively. Yeah, but with Blake Lively, it's like I dress in power suits. Oh my god, she dresses amazingly. I, I, want, I, want, to be, I want to be her. But it's just. But that's the point. Yeah, Anna Kendrick is only interested in her for her own gain. Because you're supposed to be like, oh, Anna Kendrick. She's like, such a loser. She's such a loser and now Blake Lively's taking notice of her, blah, 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 blah. And you're supposed to think Blake Lively's a bitch and yeah. Anna Kendrick's good. But actually, if you think mm. about it, maybe Anna Kendrick's equally a bitch because she's and just trying to use Blake Lively. And there were so many moments in this film where I was like, I'm a quirky girl in an American comedy. Here is my pom-pom sweater. Yeah, but I like, like that. No. Oh. Because they're taking the piss out of that. Like, I never yeah. felt, I felt like the whole thing was ironic. It wasn't supposed to be a serious film. But then there were just some moments that I played really seriously. Yeah, which really confusing actually. It's so it's so weird, and I just think like, what is what is happening in this film? Like, there is there's twists, and then there's another twist, and then there's another twist. There's another twist that loops back to twist one, and then twist five happens, and you're like, the fuck is happening in this film? 
What the fuck? Yeah, but I feel like it's a cult film. Like, you know, like, one of those films that doesn't really make sense, but kind of is very quotable and also very enjoyable. Like, I really enjoyed watching it because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but I also was like, this is also bad. Like, this is just bad. Yeah, but that's what I mean as in cult films. Like, cult films can be a bit shit. Uh, Rupert Friend, it's really interesting seeing him because the last thing I saw him was The Death of Stalin. Yeah, he's great in this, he's I great think. In this. But also, he's like, like this gay fashion designer who's just a dick. Yeah, but also I'm like, but please just go back to being Vasily in The Death of Stalin, please. Thank you. Oh, yeah. The Death, Death of Stalin is so Stalin. good. So funny. And it's, and it's like, hey, I've got a nice green smoothie if you tried. No one likes green smoothies. No, Unless... but I, her vlog cracks me up. It's, it's, I hate. I've got a quote here. Hey, mom, Stephanie here. Today, as promised, I am going to share my zucchini chocolate chip cookie recipe. It's so like I hate. I love that. It's I taking hate. the piss out of all the mum yeah, vlogs. I hate I hate mummy vloggers so much and it just made me think, ah, she probably doesn't vaccinate her children, does she? It's like my mum used to say, God bless her soul. Um, secrets are like margarine. Easy to spread, bad for the heart. What a quote! What a quote! <laughs> so bad. But it's 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 like, yeah, she probably doesn't vaccinate her children. She probably, you know, thinks green juice is an appropriate meal. Oh, I, I hate it so much. I hate it. Sorry, I, I have one more quote from her vlog. Fine. It was International Cuisine Day at my son's first day class. And once again, I drew Sweden, which meant my famous meatless meatballs. Meatless meatballs! She's uh, a gem. She's a gem. So much of this film just doesn't work. Like, the music doesn't match with the pacing, which doesn't match with the performances. And then there's Anna Kendrick doing whatever the fuck Anna Kendrick is doing in this film. Because this performance is a mess. It's not bad, but it's also not good either. Because I, just... I feel like she knows she's not in a very good film. Yeah, but I'm just like... Oh so she's my... just having fun with it. Because the thing is, I don't actually think I've ever seen Blake Lively in another film. Uh, no, Sister of the Travelling Pants, what a great film. I haven't seen that. Well, you're a fool. It's a great film. Why would I have seen Sister of the Travelling Pants? Why would you not have seen Sister of the Travelling Pants? Let me just explain it to you. One pair of jeans fits four girls perfectly, even though they're all different sizes. We find out about their summer as they wear the travelling pants. Great. Just so many, so many things. It's like, oh, they're going to fuck now. The husband and Anna Kendrick. Yeah, great. of course they are. Oh, I mean, the husband is so blah. He's so hot. He's so blah, though. As yeah, he has to be blah. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, you are a blank canvas that they have shoved a man on. Great. Yeah, because it's taking the piss out of all of those films that basically do that. But it's, it's like, so you have Blake Lively spending most of the film looking like Marlene Dietrich, which very here for. Yeah. But I'm just, and then you have Anna Kendrick. I, I can't even, I just keep going back to this because I can't rationalise why she does what she does in this film. Because it's such a hot mess. No, because... This film is like, oh, I kind of fancy watching something like Gone Girl or The Girl on the Train, but I also don't want to care about any of the characters and I want to have fun. Ah, oh, I'm going to watch A Simple Favour. That's literally the branding of this film. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't. Ugh. Also, then there's the incest subplot. Oh, yeah, I love that one as well. No, that, that is twist number So weird. And also it's, it's with Ted from Schitt's Creek. The vet. You haven't met him if you haven't seen episode one. Yeah, no, I haven't. No, okay, I'm rewatching Shit's Creek before series. I'm just going to relook at the, um, remind myself of the incest. Yeah, because basically she finds that she has a half brother and then fucks her half brother. Oh yeah, what about that story? I was thinking about the twins. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that. Oh yeah, because there's secret twins in this as well. Of course they're fucking it. I don't care anymore. We've already spoiled the incest subplot. Okay. This film is so dumb. The incest plum for is hilarious. It's oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. You're like, why is this happening? Why? 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 We had to rewind that bit and just double check what was and happening. And why does her son then not have like six fingers? Why has her son not like genetically I, I hate to like reveal science to you, but I don't think that's how it works. I know, but also I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. This is the film. If the film. you did it, you would have made him like well, no, deformed. No. An elephant boy. And to then halfway through the film, you find out he's the product of a half sister and half To mother. be honest... With this film, wouldn't have fucking surprised me because this film is some bullshit. But the thing is, is you keep watching it, so you're like, it can't get any worse than this. Wait, it has. The fuck is going on? Yeah, that's why it's good. It's such a mess. Because you don't ever really have to pay attention because you know it's all gonna work. Oh my god, the ending, the confrontation at the ending. Oh, is the confrontation mental. at the ending is a bit. I was like, mental. So that's what's happening. Great, cool. Yeah, but I love it. Like, it's so stupid. The whole thing is stupid. I mean. Considering that she has set up this elaborate ruse, and she wouldn't think, hmm, nanny cam. I know. She's a mummy vlogger, of course she has a nanny cam. Yeah, but the point is she doesn't really care about her. They're not real friends, they don't know each other that yeah, well. Yeah, but she would have calculated. She's meant to be this calculating person who could read everyone to think. Yeah, well that didn't make any sense, but she has to die. She does have to, well she doesn't die. She doesn't, she doesn't die, but like, has to get sorted, doesn't she? Yeah, she has to get Regina Georged. 
I just like how um, Stephanie Smothers, what a name, Anna Kendrick's character, like, keep, like, she makes her a friendship bracelet. What a loser! What kind of mum is like, I made you a friendship bracelet. It's clear that she had no friends ever. Yeah. And then Blake Lively's like, right. I'll use you. Okay. Yeah. This film is a mess. It's such a mess. But I kind of... I like it though. It's looking at like mother. I mean, if we're gonna relate it to our high class issues, which we probably shouldn't, but like, well, no, no, um, no, we no, should not intellectualize could, this bullshit. No, but if we're gonna intellectualize it, like, it's about the it's about mums and like what mums. it's like moms specifically, and what it's like to feel like you haven't got a community. And your whole identity is wrapped. Around your the whole fact identity that you're a is wrapped around the fact that you're a mother, but maybe you're not the like the best mother, especially like she's widowed. What it's like to have that happen. You know, it, there's family issues mm. all through this. How are you a good sister? How are you a good half sister? Not by sleeping with your half brother. No. How please, are you a good? No. How are you a good mother? You know, like all of that kind of thing. I did like it how Anna Kendrick was apparently like a genius with kids. Like when she's like becomes their new mommy, and then that guy has a fit. Of course she is because she has no life. That's a bit rude about good mothers. No, no. But the thing is, is she knows everything to the point of insanity. I'm not saying she's like, it's, she's being a bad mother. I'm saying that she has no friends. Therefore, she pours her entire life into her children. And thus is probably like some sort of tiger mum. Oh, I see. As well. And also probably, you no, know. No, she's not a tiger mum. Because then when the guy's like, I hate you, you're not my real mummy. She's like really good at dealing with him. Like it's actually quite a poignant moment, I felt. Mm. Which, again, didn't match with the tone of the rest of the film. It's such a mess, this film. And probably, almost certainly, Anna Kendrick has a video on that channel where she's like, I don't vaccinate my children because of this. Yeah, she's hilarious. And I, she, uh, I, uh, I didn't hate it, but it just, it's, fuck's sake, it's such, it's some bullshit. It's such bullshit. Anyway. Uh, I normally avoid any talk of religion on the vlog. I don't want to offend any non-denominational mums, but I do think that we live on after we die. <laughs> what quote, like... Why? I love her. Why? She's so funny. Anyway, speaking of some bullshit, to my film. Wait, how does that link? Because what happened in my film, some bullshit, that oh, makes me very angry. Yeah. So I asked you to watch a fun documentary in the string of watching things on the podcast that make the other person angry due to the current political situation. I asked you to watch The Great Hack. It's a documentary from 2019, um, following the scandal of Facebook and Cambridge Analytica stealing everyone's data. Boo! Very much boo. Uh, it talks to people such as Carol Goodwallader, who's a Guardian journalist who is very influential in revealing the story, David Carroll, who famously sued Cambridge Analytica to try and get his data back. Sorry, not the Guardian, the Observer. Observer, sorry. Um, and Brittany Kaiser, who used to be an employee of Cambridge Analytica, who then became a major whistleblower against them. It sort of shows about how the fact that we have all this data out there and we kind of then also now don't have control of it because these big companies have all of our personal information. It's why Facebook me like, hey, I've noticed you're talking about ballet on the Facebook Messenger. Here are some ads for some ballet. Which I'm not mad at, but like, no. you know. And it more covers like how they influenced the presidential race between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and then slightly less so Brexit. It mentions Brexit a lot, but it doesn't really like uncover No, because it's, 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 that's a bit more of a slippery one. And then it also interesting covers some other campaigns that I didn't even know that they had a hand Oh, in. the Trinidad one is really the interesting. The Trinidad Tobago one is fascinating. Yeah. Because that was kind of like their trial run of doing... Yeah, but it was just interesting in the way that it was done. As in, mm. uh, I understand like ads targeted at people with lies, but this one was more interesting because it was more strategic, I almost yeah. think. Um, what do you think of the documentary as a whole? It made me really angry, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It did make me delete my Facebook, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was one of the problems with it, is that I just did that, and then you were like, I don't know what to do now. No. Like, even at the end, he's like, who's logged onto Facebook right now? And then everyone is, all of his students. This is um, David Carroll. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, or well, even if you deleted it, like, it doesn't really make any difference. And then They've I was still like... still got all your data. Right, okay, so, like, what exactly do you want me to do? I would have liked it if at the end they'd just been like write to your MP about like yeah. this Data or like stuff, we propose yeah. you know it just seemed to make me angry without purpose which I think is what the internet does anyway and yeah. I found that quite problematic like I don't understand what I'm supposed to do except mm. like we're supposed to recognise that it's an yeah. issue which I suppose is in itself important um I found the ambiguity around Brittany Kaiser quite confusing yeah. and I know that's purposeful it feels like anyway mm. again 
I was left a little bit baffled by yeah. it. Yeah, because I think, I think that's the thing. I think also the filmmakers don't know what to make of her. Because she's really interesting that she started as an intern for the Obama administration mm. and then starts working for an organisation that is actively working to... Well, no, she, then she works for the UN on human yeah. rights for fucking ages. And you're like... And then she ends up working in Cambridge Analytica and she is at the launch of Leave.eu. Like, she is there. Yeah. There's, there's indisputable evidence that she is fucking there. There's a photo of her. She talks there's about... There's a video of her. A video of her, yeah. And then she works on for Cambridge Analytica on the Trump campaign. Yeah. And, and like, hangs out with lots of them and, yeah. like, has had donated to WikiLeaks and, like, went to visit Julian Assange, who is not a nice man as far as I can tell. No. Even no. if you agree with what he did, but, like, yeah. maybe rape. Um, mm. And then the first time you meet her in the film, it's like, I feel, like, clearly put in to make you not like her. Yeah. Like, she's in Thailand and she doesn't want to speak to them and she's like, oh, I just, like... It's kind mm. of like living my life. But slowly as the film kind of progresses, you sort of see these kind of things break down in her life. Yeah. And it seems that her leaving the UN was kind of a financial decision more than anything else, which I think is yeah. really interesting touches. So you did think kind of like, there's only so such a point that your morals will go up to. Yeah. And which I think is true of lots of I people. I think it's true of lots of people, exactly, yeah. Most of us, actually. Um, so yeah, that confused me quite a lot. I felt like that almost was an interesting aspect of it, but diverted the message mm. somewhat, because you were like, I assume the message of this is that it's terrible that they have all of our data, and like this is a terrible thing like Carol and David are saying. Yeah. But equally, it was really confusing, because then I was like, well, maybe it's all lies. Like, I like that they let Cambridge Analytica speak about this. It was really yeah. confusing to know if that was to make you think like, oh, Cambridge Analytica are like, not that bad. Yeah. But I feel like they were bad. I'm still confused about. No, I think I know definitely because it's, it's interesting when you see Alex Nix's testimony oh, to dick. Parliament and or to the Select Committee, and you're like, "Fucking hell, you're a monster." It made me really proud of the Select Committee. I though. was like, you I was like, know. "Yeah, British politics." <laughs> even though I hate you most of the time, yeah. like the people who are doing that Select Committee are bosses. I was like, "You go, girl." Especially when Alexander Nix keeps trying to read out this statement, and they're like, "No, we don't no, need to read it out." No. And then he starts, and they're like, "I don't think you've just heard us. Like, stop reading out Shut your statement. The fuck up. Shut up." And it's That's so good. And it's, and it's I really love that guy. And it's, and it's kind of interesting when you see Brittany Kaiser's uh, deposition as well to the, to the select committee because she's just there like, yeah, we did this. Yeah. And and saying, but then it's the whole ambiguity I think is really interesting about Brexit was then that Leave.eu, the minute that Carol Cadwallader was like, hey, Leave.eu had something to do with Cambridge Analytica and then Leave.eu start like doxing her on social yeah, media. Yeah, that's dark. And that's terrifying. And you see kind of the clip, the clip from Airplane that they've like photoshopped her face into, and you're just saying, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, I love that clip of Airplane, but not if you were in it. And it's and it's and it's like that clip of Airplane works because Airplane is a farce. Yeah. But then you, you put that spin on it, and you're like, "Oh Jesus Christ, no!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really dark. And it just and it just makes you think like they knew what they were doing, and they were just decided, you know what, fuck it. Yeah, it does feel like there's intentional malice there. Like it yeah. doesn't come across as. Um, they didn't realise that it was bad. Or... And then there's the, the Channel 4 secret video of Alexander Nix just being like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, it's not real. It's like, Ugh. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just... You just think... It's just depressing. It's like, great. So, like, mm. basically everything that's going on in the world right now is because people are, like, using our data in horrible ways and there isn't any regulation. And Mark yeah. Zuckerberg comes across terribly in this. Yeah. What a twat. Oh, this is, I watched it also. Do you know this week Twitter changed their stuff? No, Twitter I didn't changed. know that. It's really interesting. They've stopped there not allowing any political advertising on Twitter. Oh, so all you can do is advertise that people have the right to vote. So you can say like... Register to vote. Register to vote. You cannot advertise at all politically. That's really Which I think is sick. Like that's, that's a good move, I think. Yeah, boss of Twitter to just be like... As in... I'm sure they have I many mean, other problems. Like, there are all sorts of problems with Twitter and like they don't take the people down, they take the wrong people down and like all sorts of shit yeah. goes on. Equally, that's really cool that they yeah. actually committed to that. It's like, good job, now just, you know, remove the Nazis from Twitter and then you're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like maybe, maybe do that next. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a really interesting film because I think that it does make you think, well, hang on, how much data have I got out there? Because obviously... We both have grown up. I think we're kind of the social media generation. Oh, well, I got Facebook in year in year eight. I was twelve. I got Facebook. I think in year nine. I was thirteen. So I. My dad made me get Facebook. My dad really regulated when I got Facebook. They're like, no. 
and they kind of instilled in me you cannot add someone unless you know who they are unless you've met them well everyone else had myspace in my year and my dad was like no don't get myspace and then he was like get facebook because then i could talk to you while i'm away at work and i was like okay so i got facebook before anyone else in my year and my first profile picture was a picture of winnie the pooh with a party hat on Great. Yeah. Because I, I remember <laughs> there was also when we first got Facebook, there was a big NSPCC campaign to be like, look, guys, you're, you're sharing personal. I might have just been. I remember a lot of like I remember assemblies about like be careful what you're sharing and no one. No, there was a big NSPCC campaign that was like, guys, look, all of you change your profile picture to a cartoon character because you are being tracked by potentially mad. Oh, wow. And I remember changing my profile picture to Rex from Toy Story. Oh, I had the tweenies for a bit. Great. And I had the Winnie the Pooh, but then I had myself as well. Yeah. Not but also it's like now we'll see like there's Twitter and there's Instagram and Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yeah, well that's also because everyone thinks of it, I feel like you think of Instagram as better. Like you're like Instagram, like it's just the pictures of some food. It's pictures. But then you go into like the kind of influencer culture on Instagram that is awful. But then also it's owned by Facebook. The thing I like, I the thing at least I like, as in I know this makes no difference to people like to having your data. But at least in Instagram it's so much easier to make yourself private. Mm. Like you can just be like private, no one can see anything. Yeah, and the, same, and the same with Twitter as well. As a Twitter, you can just be like, nope. Yeah, no one can see anything. And, and Whereas Facebook... Facebook is so confusing mm. to do that. And they always like, we have updated our privacy settings. So you can change everything. And it's like, I don't want to go through every single one yeah. of my posts and prof like things ever exactly. and be like, friends, friends or friends, public. Like... I remember when you first got Facebook, there was the option of like, you could everything see about friends, friends or friends or public. And all it was like, select. And I was like, okay, the only thing that people can see with like my personal Facebook when I first got it was, you can see my profile picture and you can see when my birthday is and that's it. But also that gives you so much information. Yeah, that is a lot. And it's just like... I don't think mine's right. As in, I feel like I have okay privacy settings on Facebook, but... Oh, after watching this, I locked mine down. Like, did I you? Know, I really did. I need to probably do that. I mean, because... I tried to do that when I became a teacher, yeah. but... But it's, it's, also, it's also like, I have like professional, like, composer profiles. And I yeah. just think like... I can't delete this thing because I need it for work in a way. Well, I felt like at the end, I just felt like we were all trapped because yeah. I thought about deleting my Facebook and then I was like, wow, I've literally stored all my memories on it. Mm. I talk to people on there. I can like organize events on there. Yeah. Like it's, even though Facebook is kind of dying, it is, I don't think it will ever completely die because it's so useful. It's practical tool, yeah. like groups at university. I feel yeah. like kids are like, oh, Facebook's dead. And then you get to university and so many people use it that you just kind of have to You have to get it, it, in a way. And it's, it's like Maybe when I, when I started like seriously creating professional profiles, it was like, oh, you don't have Instagram, get Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was very late to come to Instagram. I only had it for about a year. Who's a... But I think, I think with this one, what's really interesting is that kind of, we didn't think about it. And I think <laughs> what Carol Kowalda says at the end is that I'm not sure that we can have a free election yeah, ever again with that something was really like this happening. And you just think... Fuck. Yeah. Like, what would have happened if there hadn't been this, like, proliferation of fake news in the 2016 presidential election? Would Hillary have actually, like, won the Electoral College? <clears throat> the interesting thing I think about that is that I don't, as in, I agree, I don't know if that addresses systematic, systemic issues that no. our countries have. Yeah. Like, if Brexit ha we were, I was talking about this with some friends yesterday, about, like, wouldn't it be great if just Brexit just hadn't happened? And I... And people are saying, like, yeah, because then we would have just gone back to normal and we could focus on other things. Mm. But I do think that's ignoring the fact that because the fact that people voted for it shows... That people wanted some sort of systematic change, but also... <laughs> yeah, that but I guess Carol Cadwallader yeah. would say that, like, they wanted systematic change because this, like, group targeted yeah. them and, like, made them feel like they wanted it. But I don't know. I just think... I think tech companies are heavily to blame, but I also do think it has given... I don't, I I think, don't I know, what, I don't know what, what it's I done is, is it's kind of that through us finding out about that, I think it's made people a lot more politically engaged in our generation. Yeah. And which I think is a net positive, hopefully. I'm not sure. Well, I, I mean, thought what she said about like, what's it, that like the internet, where everywhere the internet has been prolifically seems to be swinging more right yeah. way. And I was like, that's scary. Because I, when we were growing up, it was very much like, the internet makes people left wing, like we communicate, yeah. we... But yeah, I hate Mark Zuckerberg. I think it's like disgraceful that he's viewed in any positive way when yeah. he started Facebook as a way of rating women. Like, if that's mm. what you started your career with, why should we believe you when you're like, communication is my goal? It's not. It's not. Judging people is your goal yeah. and like making money. And I think I think with the with the when at the end they show kind of the things that Cambridge Analytica had had sort of data on and kind of put out there, things like the Rohingya massacre in Myanmar, which I yeah, had no terrifying. idea about. And you're just there like, fuck, these people are now like war criminals yeah like this is this has gone beyond 
you swung an election in one way using fake news. This has gone, you have actually got thousands people of people murdered. Yeah. And yeah. it's terrifying. And the fact that they're teaming up with them with like a But that's why I find it annoying when they don't give you any, I know that easy answers, you can't mm. have easy answers. I just would have really appreciated like something about what you're supposed to do with this information. I think 15 minutes at the end is telling you like, this is what you should do. Like have David Carroll just kind of walk you through it. If I was delivering this as a class, Mm. And I know it's different if you're doing kids, but like you would never ever finish a class like say about puberty or something and then be like, okay, done, bye. You'd yeah. be like, and this is where you can find more information about this. Mm. Like if you're worried, talk to this person. It feels very like, here's all the information. You're fucked. You're fucked. Bye. And I didn't really like that. I felt no. like that was more needed. Definitely. Yeah. But it was good. I enjoyed it. It made me angry and I've spoken about it to people. Yeah, I think, well. I think it's a very a very interesting watch and kind of showing us where we are and why we're there. Oh, the bit about, what was the bit about Russia at the end? Oh, yeah, is that, like, kind of, like, Russia, sort of, people, with, there's a talk about using this technology as a weapon, and essentially Russia are like, cool, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Is, like, weaponizing. essentially they have, like, these troll farm things. Of yeah. Of people pretending to be, and it's not just, and the whole, like, organising fake Black Lives Matter protests. That was the thing, sorry, That can you talk about that? So what what it is, is it's not just Russian trolls like pretending to be like white nationalists or Nazis, it's also Russian trolls pretending to be Black Lives Matter activists and, and then organising a protest, but then also another person in the same troll farm organising a Blue Lives Matter protest at the same time so that they clash with each other. Or not even at the same time, like, but like same, also just yeah. like, like the thing I find interesting about that is, have you seen hypernormalization? No. Okay, I might put that on the list. It's a really long Adam Curtis documentary, and it has like very, has loads of problems. Equally, um, there's this bit that sticks out to me that I tell people about a lot, which is this guy called Surkov, who is Russian, who was I don't know if he's still one of Putin's advisors, but maybe. Um, he used to be a theatre director, mm. which is why I find it interesting. And then he took over like propaganda in Russia, and he used to fund things like he'd fund youth rallies, pro. Parliament, like pro Putin, but then he'd also fund youth rallies against Putin, and he'd also fund like apathetic about politics groups, and he'd also fund yoga classes, and he'd also fund like mm. cinema, and he'd he'd fund everything. But not only would he do that, he'd make it known he was doing that so no one could trust anything that was going on. Which means like you know, like in a nineteen eighty four yeah. style world where it's like, well, if everything's fake, then what's real? What is real? I just have to go along with life. Like, there's I can't let out my protest in any way because. It might be organised by the government, yeah. for all I know. It, it's that idea, and I find that really fascinating as a concept, and it was really nice in this documentary to see the same kind of yeah. thing, which is, like, the way that they gain power over you, you is by creating divisions and therefore making mm, these definitely. groups that seem like they're a positive thing and aren't a positive thing. Yeah. Which, again, increases the feeling of, like, futility of like, doing anything, because yeah. how do you know that... This film wasn't created by Russians trying uh, to make you divided. Like, we don't even know that. No, yeah. It, well, not just Russians, but, like, people. Because, yeah. like, British and American people had so much bad stuff to do as well. But It really puts you <sighs> over this film. You're like, what, what do... And I think having a, a thing at the end, like, this is what you should do, would have saved... Would have made it better. Yeah, I think so. And some sort of... Some more clarity on, like, Britney Kaiser or... Yeah. I don't know. And then, like, they never really address the fact that one of the main whistleblowers apparently didn't really work for Cambridge Analytica yeah. at the time. Like, I don't know. I, it's important to address the complications in it, but I, it really confused the message there were to me. So I was like, so left, is so. this whole case, like, wrong? I yeah. don't know. It was a weird one. But anyway, I think we must progress on to scores on the doors. Woohoo! Woo, are we ready for scores? Yeah, scores. Woo! Yes. Are we excited? Are we pumped? Are we ready? Uh, yeah, I'm mostly excited to go Christmas shopping. Yes, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> me and Alice have an annual tradition of that we go Christmas shopping together. And we also... It's uh, wholesome as fuck. It's like, wholesome as fuck. And then we also get all those really trashy Christmas drinks as well. Yeah, I feel like we should get some trashy Christmas snacks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, so, my TV, People vs. O.J. Simpson. I gave this an 8, and I think I am thinking of the whole series. Mm. Because you have made me think about the first episode in a specific, and I can't really remember the first episode yeah. separately. So based on the first episode, I gave it a six. Yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, the bridge, I gave it eight point five. I gave it eight because of the things that I talked about yes. already. I'm still a little bit like mm. on edge about it. I'm well, not again, sure I like it. Again, the people with OJ versus Simpson, I'm coming at it from having seen not just the first series but all four. Yeah. Oh, 
But it's 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 not it's not the, the same mystery. I know, I just feel so like behind on TV all the time. Oh, it's just stressful. Welcome to streaming. It's awful. Uh, I mean I just finished series two of Pose and I'm like, but Oh, I, I haven't watched series two and I don't know if I can be bothered. It's better than series one. Okay. But Christmas season's coming up and then I put everything on hold just to watch oh, Christmas true, yeah. movies. Anyway, um a simple favour I gave um I had given it higher and then I thought about it and I gave it a five because it's actually a bit shit, but I kind of love it. I gave it a four because it's compelling, but it's also bullshit. Yeah, compelling is such a good word because I desperately wanted to know what happened, but I was also like, I know it's going to be terrible. This is going to be like... I know I'm going to be let down by this, but I want to see it anyway. Yeah. I, the Great Hack, I originally gave it 8, but I've lowered it to 7.5. I've given it a 7. I think that's kind of kind, actually, but I'll stick with a 7. Fair enough. But and if I, we now Wait, go, no, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Give it a 6.5? Yeah. yeah, because uh, the issues are awesome, but I just, as a documentary, mm. I think it's flawed. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I, I see that definitely. And now, if we go to the leaderboard, um, we have nothing troubling at the top of the leaderboard, I think, this week. The highest place thing is the bridge, but it's kind of down there in the top half. But a simple favour <laughs> is now our fourth lowest film. Yay! Yay! I'm not mad about that. Uh, tying with Isn't It Romantic for the, for the bottom spot. Yeah, they're both similar films in that I kind of mm. love them, but also not very good. They're not very good, no. And I just, I you think... You know, A Simple Favour, like, smashed box office. It's insane. It did really, really well. But I think also it's kind of like, it's just worth <laughs> about, like, this film is some bullshit, but just go Also, Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, like, why wouldn't you want to see Exactly, them? yeah. Next episode! Next episode, woo! So, um, I'm getting you to watch one of my favourite TV episodes ever, mm. which is, um, we all know Darren Brown, yes. one would assume, who is a magician, but he's not really a magician because he's, he... He's kind of like an anti-magician, because he often is kind of like... He's like, is, magic doesn't exist! This is the techniques that they use. Also, here's some bullshit, and you're not going to know what's happening. Yeah, it's about, like, manipulation, basically. Yeah. People can question his ethics in many ways. Yes. But I'm going to do one of the episodes that you can question his ethics on! Which Great! Which really good. Um... It, he did a series called The Experiments, mm. and each one is standalone. So I'm going to get you to watch episode two because okay. I think it's my favourite one. Sure. And it's kind of. I'm not going to give it anything sure. away. It's um, awesome. But the the thing he says at the beginning, take seriously. Okay. Um, I can't really make it clearer than that. But he does a thing at the beginning, like just take it seriously and like go with the whole thing. Okay, I'm I'm going to do that. I am going to give you something that was recommended to me by my dad. Um, oh, wholesome. And it's, quite an, it's an older TV show because I feel like generally we do a lot of modern TV. We've done loads of modern TV. We've done a lot of modern recently, yeah. actually. And I'm saying that this is older. I think it's from like 2000. So it's not... Vintage. Um, yeah. But I would like you to watch Shooting the Past. I don't know what this is. This is essentially... It sells Lindsay Duncan and it's kind of about a photo library. Okay. And I don't want to say any more because it's... It's got Timothy Spall in it as well, and he's really he's really great in this. And it's just I can never forgive him for being Peter Pettigrew, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. If you but say so. He's he's just it's I just don't know what to make of this, and I kind of it's another thing of like I want you to talk about this with someone. Okay. But it, it is it's good. I think it's a Stephen Polyakov show. Ooh. So it's, it's. I think I went to. I think his son was my physics teacher at school. That's very exciting. Rogue, right? It is from Stephen Polyakov, and okay. it's from 1999, Shooting the Past. So yes, that's what you're watching All right. Time. Okay, my film is called... Okay, we've talked about this in the podcast we before. Talked about this, we talked about Isn't It Romantic? Yeah, it's called They Came Together Already, a hilarious title, I of think course. you'll agree. A pun like our very own name, if you haven't worked it out. Yes. Um, they Came Together, it stars Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, both of whom can do no wrong in my eyes. Exactly. And it's definitely, like, I know I've said, like, A Simple Favour and Isn't It Romantic are kind of ironic takes on a rom-com, but this is truly, like, airplane-style fun. okay. Which is why I like it more. I've watched it, like, twice. I don't feel like I need to watch it again, but equally, the jokes are really funny, and it has great people. Like, Bill Hader's in it. Love Bill Hader. Um, I, although I can never unsee, like, Bill Hader is always going to be Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts of people, and it's just taking the piss out of everything okay. that's in a rom-com ever. I'm I'm skeptical. I really we'll hope you like it. Like, it's the only rom com I genuinely feel like you might like because okay. it's so stupid. A, I like rom coms, some of them, just not a lot of At them. At one point, she wears like fake glasses and a moustache, like a Groucho glasses, because her friend, her black best friend, Catholic, is like, you need to tell if he likes you or not. Like, just wear something that's unusual like change your hair or something and see if he notices and if he does it's true love so she wears groucho glasses and a massage and then he meets her and he's like y you're wearing gr you're wearing groucho glasses 
and I grabbed her moustache and she's like, you noticed. I just think it's really funny. It's like taking the piss out of that whole trope of like, you know when they get really excited when he, like the man notices something yeah. about it. That's why I like it. It's just taking the piss out of all of those. Okay. Um, I would like you to watch a classic film that is shocking that you have not seen this film because yeah. it is a classic. It is a true classic. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has already seen it. I want you to watch Back to the Future. Okay. It's, I'm keen. It's, I, I don't know how to say it. It's Back to the Future. My family didn't really watch lots of classic films when we were younger. Like, that wasn't really a thing. It's bad, it's, it's we watched bad. a lot of, like, comedy films. We didn't really watch, like, sci-fi or, I don't know, Indiana Jones or anything. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yes. So we'll see if I like it. We will. So thank you all for listening this week. Um, you can follow us on all sorts of social media, but specifically, can you like, rate, and subscribe? Like, rate, and subscribe. Yay. Um, also, we've got a Christmas episode coming up soon. We do. It's very exciting. Happy to read out Christmas messages for people. Because yes. Why not? Obviously, you would want that. We love Christmas. Um, we love Christmas. And if you have any recommendations for Christmas films, then let us know. Yes. We're actually having a trashy watch along. Yes, we are. Point. Of the Netflix movies, A Christmas Prince. Royal Delivery. Which is A Christmas Prince 2? 3. Oh god. There's I haven't Christmas seen Prince, one or two. A Christmas Prince Royal Wedding and A Christmas Prince Royal Delivery. This is the one when she has a baby. Oh. Who knows if it'll be good? Probably not because the last ones have been shit. Great. In a great way. And then the other one's got Vanessa Hudgenson. And she did a banging Netflix Christmas film last year I'm where sure she played she two versions of herself, a princess and a baker. Great, cool. Yeah, exactly. So you can follow us on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. You can see us on Instagram at Please Don't Make Me Watch. And you can email us if you've got any requests at Please Don't Make Me Watch at gmail.com. Woo! You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. And all good podcast venues. Okay, bye. Bye.